Hello and welcome to My Sclerosis, the podcast devoted to talking about all things to do with MS. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sanjeev Shetty, or Sanj. Across from me is the other co-host, Raphael Clays, or Raph. Now, we haven't done this for at least maybe three weeks. So or at least. I'm just, at not least. Us. Yeah. Uh, I obviously, I, I moonlighted. Um, I'm just keen to know, how have you been? I obviously know how you've been, because you're my son, but just in general, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, we've got a lot of support recently. A lot of people have noticed us, haven't they? Yeah. Just a lot of MS much... charities. Now, interestingly, or not, depending on your point of view, uh, they asked me to write something about my own personal journey with MS, so it's on their website. Uh, it's MS Research Charity. You can read that. I've also, we've also set up a Masclerosis homepage, which I'm going to try and make available for the public. But you can read that article along with that of a lady called Viv. Uh, it's up now. Uh, it's had quite good feedback. Uh, we've also heard from uh, MS Society UK. Uh, they wanted me to write something about my MS, so I've done that. I haven't actually seen it on their website as yet. But a lot of people have been listening. Uh, a lot of people have said to us they actually are quite enjoying it and they would like to know more things. So can you tell us a little bit more about the feedback that we've had? Uh, well, we've got quite a few questions. We've got uh, from Nick in London. Is there a genetic link for MS? Are there ways to stop the myelin breakdown? Okay, so I'll do one of those. I think you can probably answer the other one. Uh, in terms of the myelin breakdown, not really, because that's essentially at the heart of MS and we still don't have a cure. The scientists are working for a cure every single day. Uh, but given that, I think we discussed this, it, it's, MS has been around for, as far as we know, at least 200, 300 years, and we're not any, anywhere close to finding a, a genuine cure. But in terms of the myelin breakdown, what we do know is that there are certain foods that you can eat that help with the rebuilding of myelin in a more positive way. So for instance, antioxidants. So foods like the superfoods, so broccoli, blueberries, spring onions, all those kind of foods are really good and they will help with the myelin rebuild, especially if you've only just been diagnosed. The longer you leave it in terms of changing your diet and your nutrition, uh, the, the more chance there is that those foods won't help as much as they will do if you get to change your diet at the start of the MS diagnosis. But in terms of the genetic link, what can you tell me? Um, as far as I know, there isn't a genetic link. No one in this family that I know of has MS. Uh, I I'm kind of like a groundbreaker here, aren't I? I don't. My brother doesn't. Mum doesn't, none of your family does. So I don't think there is a genetic link. And I can tell you there's quite a lot of Shetties in Bangalore and Mangalore and in a village called Andar, which is a little bit south, I think, of Mangalore. And no one's ever reported an instance of MS. There's quite a lot of uh, mortality in that family back home-home, but no one's ever said they had MS. And of course, I think we discussed the fact that being Indian means you're not predisposed to having MS. In fact, basically, 
and no one really knows what causes MS. What they do know is that there are certain lifestyle factors and also where you live. So living in England, for instance, isn't great for people if you're predisposed to getting MS because the climate here is so uncertain, you don't know whether it's going to be warm or cold. What you really want to be doing with your life if you feel that, uh, that you've had MS for a while and you want to change your circumstances, my brother advised me of this quite a long time ago, is live in a country, if you can, by the way, it's not easy, live in a country where the climate is quite regular. So quite a lot of people who have MS go and live in places like Spain, uh, like the, the islands like Mallorca, Minorca, the Balearics, um, because the climate there is pretty much always warm and always sunny. Um, another question. How is MS affected by sunshine? By Mr T Smith in Sheffield. I think we did. I mean, we kind of we kind of just answered that really, yeah. haven't we? That the if you have a lot of sun in your life, that's great. But I have said, um, or we talked about this, that just having a bit of sun every now and then isn't really what you're after. You know, everyone can take vitamin D tablets. That's the equivalent of having a lot more sunshine. What you need is that regular climate. So. If we have here, say for instance, if I have a couple of months of uninterrupted sunshine, that's great. I'm much happier. I'm, I'm naturally quite a happy person anyway, but my body's a lot happier. But if I go sun, rain, sun, rain, sun, rain, warm, cold, warm, cold, warm, cold, that's no good for anyone. And that's generally a, like a, a life rule anyway, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think MS is really affected a lot by weather. I think... It's affected as much as you can be as a person. Like it's not you don't demyelinate demyelinate more if it's cold or sunny. It's just the personal feeling. I tell you what, you are too young to drink, but if you have a couple of drinks in you, try saying demyelinate a few times. It's almost impossible, um, and that happened to me yesterday when a person that I knew tried to say it because he'd been listening to the podcast and I said yeah that's not how you say it or if because a symptom of MS is occasional and only sometimes slurring of speech trying to say that oh yeah I know about the slurring I know about the slurring so you were going to tell me and tell everyone that listens about the PIP rule because it's really uh, the PIP rule isn't just doesn't just uh, affect people who have MS. Uh, it affects loads of people in this country. But just tell me about the PIP rule and how that's making life more difficult for people. This is a bill from the government, also known as the Personal Independence Pension. It details. Pension or payment? I'm pretty sure it's. It details that. If you cannot walk about, is it 30 or 20 metres? 20 metres. 20 metres unaided. If you cannot do that, you are able to receive payment from the government. Benefits, sort of, basically. Yeah, it? sort of a disability, disability benefit. Now, the reason people with MS have been affected by this so negatively is 20 metres does not actually show every problem that happens through MS. MS, in cases like yours, is not constant. 
So there might be points where you could run 200 metres or more unaided. But you say bolt, you watch out then. But there are other points where you couldn't even walk a metre aided. And here's the thing, the funny thing is, this is why I know about this, uh, and I'm sure you know this as well, but of that 20 metres, if you use a walking stick, that counts as being unaided. So, I mean, I don't try and apply for it because for a variety of reasons, uh, I think dating back to my background, my, my upbringing, that my mum and dad never claimed um, children's allowances um, or child benefit because they didn't think that they should do because they had enough money. And I don't claim anything because I feel that I'm now 48, I'll be able to retire in seven years' time, roughly, um, and then I, should, I don't need a benefit but there are so many people who do need benefits who are unable to do their jobs unable to get to work by public transport or any kind of transport because of their inability to move or move freely that it affects them and they're literally putting so many people into I don't know what the, word, the right word is but help me out here but maybe not despair but they're really vulnerable because of this rule uh, it's also cost a lot of people with MS money, and according to the MS Society, about 60% of people who struggle with MS says it has made their MS worse not receiving a benefit. Because, obviously, if you don't have something to help you along from anywhere, then you're not going to do as well. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, so... I've talked about this quite a lot recently with my friends, that, uh, and I've talked about this with you. Um, I am, I suppose, fortunate in one way, I mean, fortunate, I'm not sure that's the right word, um, that I'm very strong-minded. I'm really strong-minded. I'm basically the most stubborn person that I know. And therefore, um, MS has not affected my brain. It's not affected the way I perceive myself. Um, I still think of myself as the greatest person that's ever lived. You know, in my mind. I know I'm not, but I do know that. Um, and therefore, um, I don't let the MS get to me. But there are so many people who are not, not nearly as fortunate as that, whose minds don't work as strongly as that. Um, and therefore, the slightest thing that will go against them, say for instance, like you just discussed, the PIP rule, will have a huge effect on their life. I'd like to point out, by the way, when I say greatest person ever, I really, I'm saying that, with a degree of sarcasm, because I'm not, I'm not. I know I stumble everywhere. I look like a shambles. Uh, and uh, uh, certainly your mum, my wife, will tell you after 27 years that I really am not. So, uh, I think we have another question. All right. Uh, this is from Andrew in Birmingham. All right. He wants to know... What oh, wait, I can I just say... I, I, Hello to everyone that sent these questions in. So that so far that's Nick and Mr T Smith and now Andrew. He wants to know what advice you would give to someone just diagnosed with MS. Well, I tell you what, what, what would you give them? Because you've been with me now for, for 15 years. Of your well, life. I... Well, I was there, but not <laughs> really fully there when you were diagnosed. 93, sorry. Um... But you've had now three years or four years of knowing that I've got MS. Yeah. I'd say don't treat it. 
like a death sentence. It's not like cancer or something. There are going to be severe problems with it. And you're not going to get through it easily. It's not going to be a ride of fun. And there are going to be certain symptoms, which we've described in this podcast, that you're going to see in your life. Maybe not all of them. Just stick to the um, foods that we discussed earlier. There are no definite cures for it, but there are ways to treat it, slow it down, and make MS more bearable. I mean, literally, that's a better answer than I could have given. Uh, and you just said all the things that I would say to them. Um, just, I, I read a little tale from uh, a young woman who was diagnosed with it when she was 16. It was on the, the MS Society website. And she's really, she's had days where she just can't get through any of it. But she has found that she's more of a fighter than she thought she was. And that's the one thing I would say about MS. It's it harnesses your fighting ability. Uh, and if you let That's it, not a definite symptom, everyone. Well, harness is your fighting ability. No, no you know, that, the inner fight. So the, the, the inner fight that says, I'm just not going to let this control me. I'm still going to carry on with the things I want to do. Uh, and that's the way I look at it. I always want to do the things I, that I know I want to do. Uh, and even now, and I've now been living semi-blind for seven, maybe eight years um, with, in my left eye, that I still think that there's nothing that's going to stop me. And I think that positive attitude, and also, like we said, the that seeking help when you need it is really important. So you might not think at that moment that you need help, but if you just say to someone, look, there's just one thing that I can't do. So it's amazing how nice people really are. Uh, and that's even with a post-Brexit world. It's not quite happened yet, but it will. Um, so that's it for questions. In case you want to send any more questions, uh, my email address has changed because I thought Indian Fitty might be no. slightly Yeah. No. I'm now using the same email as my Twitter. And I actually saw someone yesterday who was going to send his email questions to that email address. So I think you have to make it very clear what your email address is now. My definite email now, same as my Twitter, is mwetlegs at iCloud.com. Right, okay. I mean, that's slightly better, but not a huge amount. It's uh, the more professional one that I have. And wet legs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, right, and, and mine has not changed, so it's still Sanj Red. that's S-A-N-J-R-E-D, uh, at iCloud.com. I'll repeat that. Sanj Red. S-A-N-J-R-E-D, at iCloud.com. Uh, let's also say that it's been, we've just had MS Awareness Week, um, and I think it has worked really well. If you, if you check uh, the websites of the, the MS Research Charity, not just to see my article, but also to see that all the things they're trying to do to make the world of people who've got MS. If you've just been recently diagnosed, just remember, it's not the scariest thing. You know, I was diagnosed 15 years ago, yet I was terrified. But I'm still here. I'm still doing things. I'm still talking to you. We're doing this podcast, which a lot of people are really quite enjoying. Uh, and we've, we've got different things that we're going to try from now on. So, for instance, um, hopefully our next podcast, we'll be talking to uh, an old school friend of mine who got in touch to say that the company he works for 
is doing a lot of research with MS. That they're trying to pioneer new drugs. Uh, in another episode or two, uh, we'll be speaking to a woman whose father had MS, still got it, he's still alive, and we'll be talking about her experiences looking at someone who's, whose father had MS. Uh, all these kind of tales, if you have a tale that you want to tell uh, that you think is important about MS, then get in touch with us at those two email addresses uh, and we will try and speak to you, try and get you on, because this is an all-inclusive podcast, isn't it, Brad? Yeah. Well, it is called my sclerosis, mm. but I like to think it could be called our sclerosis. But let's hope the that disease ne- isn't called OS. <laughs> so let's hope we never have to talk about your sclerosis. Let's just hope that it's, it's only ever mine that we talk about in terms of my sclerosis. But yes, we will. We, we welcome everyone else. We, we welcome anyone who wants to talk about their MS on this podcast. As you know, this week, earlier this week, I spoke to Adam Smith. A really nice fella uh, who lives in Liverpool. Uh, we talked all about his diagnosis a year ago. You can listen to that podcast on uh, our podcast stream or also on his. Um, he's on Twitter at My Journey with MS. Uh, but I think, Raph, I think we've done the 20 minutes or nearly. I think there's a bit more. Uh, but I did hear that the person he was doing drugs for MS. Could they involve partial cures? Partial cures? But again, this is all this... I mean, there's so many things out there that are nearly cures. Uh, we're, I'm still, in my position uh, in life, I'm still waiting to take on the cure that I, that, that I know that's got more than 50% chance of working. Um, I don't mind paying money for it. I'm not sure how people out there think about it, but I will only commit financially to it because, from my point of view, I I might as well just keep all that money for you and your little brother for when you get old enough because that, to me, is a better use of my time. But I think I'm always told we're getting closer and closer and closer. There was that pioneering pioneering treatment a while ago uh, in terms of degenerative diseases like Parkinson's, like Alzheimer's, like MS, like cancers, where they were trying to insert uh, microchips in your body, which would tell the body to fight off anything that was working against it. But I don't know how far they got with that. Um, but certainly, we know about the stem cell treatment, which is akin to taking cancer treatment. Uh, and that costs you quite a lot of money. And it has worked in some cases. In other cases, it hasn't worked. I'm just doing a quick search on... Now, the effects of cannabis on MS. All right. Because this is an all-inclusive podcast, we will have to talk about this eventually. So I'm thinking we're going to take it out right now. We'll try not to, try not to get nicked. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just point out, I don't inhale. You don't inhale. No, I don't. Yeah. In the way so, that Bill Clinton never did. One in five people with MS we surveyed in 2014, not me because I wasn't on this podcast in 2014. This podcast didn't exist in 2014. Told them they'd use cannabis to help with their symptoms. They said that it can help with with muscle spasms or stiffness and pain. Um, I wouldn't know because I've never tried it. What I can tell you, what's really helpful, uh, vitamin C... Take vitamin C, that really does work. Not just vitamin D, vitamin C. 
the occasional vitamin D boost. So I've been prescribed uh, vitamin D boost, or I was last year, when the NHS could afford it, they can't afford it anymore. Uh, so every two weeks or every week, I take 10,000 IU tablets, which gives it a boost. You're looking at me slightly mockingly, but you know, trust me, it's true. Uh, but the vitamin C tablets have really helped. So I would recommend vitamin C, uh, take the vitamin D, B12 and uh, the, the, the cod liver oil or omega oils. Um, you know what, I don't know why I was asking you about the 20 minutes because I've kind of got the phone here with me. And that tells me we are now at 20 minutes. And let's save the good stuff, Raph, or even better stuff, for other episodes. So, on behalf of Raph Clay's... Goodbye. It's goodbye from him, and it's goodbye from me. If you want to know, we will soon do a slightly longer episode in which we go into detail about so much more and you can just lie down, listen to it, and have a good time. Goodbye. Goodbye.